Hello, and welcome to episode six of the High Power Archery Podcast. Well, we're stuck in here with another day of the coronavirus going on and quarantine. Hopefully, everybody out there is being safe and practicing your social distancing. Um, here in New York City, as things continue to develop with this stuff, uh, they're closing the parks now. So, no parks are open playgrounds that sort of thing i don't know if they've locked down all the parks or just the playgrounds the news is spotty out there at best but it looks like we're going to be stuck at home for you know for our own goods for a larger period of time with that being said um like everybody else you'll find a lot of people starting to look at youtube and that's what this episode is all about youtube and if i had the special effects board running right now which i don't it's on the way um, I would insert a little segment that has like danger, danger, look out for YouTube. Why am I saying that? Well, it's pretty simple. YouTube is a great source of information. It's also probably the most dangerous thing on the planet when it comes to picking up misinformation. See, the problem with YouTube is, and I'm trying not to get too heated about this, because when I have conversations with some of my students and other archers about it, we all start yelling after a while. Not at each other, mostly about our frustration with what's going on. But when it comes to YouTube, there is no certification or verification of the facts that people are putting on there. That's why you'll find that YouTube is the the breeding ground for social misinformation, politically motivated stuff. You name it, it's all there. From the very lighthearted jokes and stuff like that to, I mean, downright dangerous stuff that they post. I mean, I just look at the coronavirus stuff they're putting out there, and one guy says it's the most dangerous thing on the planet. It's going to wipe us all out. The other guy's like, don't worry about it. How does anyone even know? Well, guess what? This podcast is about archery, and archery's got enough stuff out there that is just as confusing, and not for nothing. This morning, I started looking at a couple of videos out there, and um, let's just say... It took about 10 minutes for me to almost lose my mind and not break something or throw a rock at the TV because that's where I watch it. I, you know, we all have our Amazon Fire Sticks and whatever device and either you're looking at it, looking at it on your phone or you're looking at it uh, on your computer or like I said, on the TV because you're using uh, some kind of, you know, device like an Amazon or, you know, one of those Sony devices. And I'm watching it and I flip through about... I'm going to say 20 videos at about 3 o'clock in the morning because that's the time I get up to start getting ready to to do my work because fortunately, some of us can still work from home and there's a lot of us out there who cannot, so they're kind of out of a job right now. And in all that, you're going to see people have a lot of free time on their hands. So I'm watching a couple of videos and let's just say it took 10 minutes for me to see, oh, about... 20 videos that, I mean, I would start them, listen to about two minutes of it, and just get out of it, because I'm like, if I watch this, I'm going to break my TV. That's how bad the information is. So, like I said, there's no verification for where, you know, whether or not the data that these people are putting out is correct, whether it's something that they they just made up, or if it's based on what, what we call bro science, um, you can look that up. It's in Wikipedia somewhere. Uh, 
there's a lot of things out there that you have to be careful of. Now, there are some people out there who do the best job of providing the absolute most accurate info when it comes to archery that there is. If you have to look for some information on how to shoot that's on YouTube, then the best would be John Dudley. Look up Knock on Archery, and he has step-by-step form, draw, shooting, stance, concentration from the very beginner's level to advanced. And it's all there, and it's all free. And he is an expert in the IT industry, which is what I'm in. We have SMEs, which is the subject matter expert. John Dudley is a subject matter expert. Multiple-time world champion. He coaches just like I do. He has been out there in public doing this forever. And not because it became the popular thing to do. He started with this back when nobody wanted to hear about it. And if you look into his story, he'll tell you about how when he was doing his TV show, he fought to have a segment to teach people more about how to tune their bows, how to shoot, that sort of thing. And the sponsors and the people who were running all that on the channels didn't want it, but he fought to get it on there. And eventually he left TV and went to do his show on on the internet only, which is a big risk and losing a lot of money. But that worked out for him, but it gave him the ability to teach the way he wanted. But I digress with that. But that's what I'm saying. In his case, he's an expert. You know, if you want to look at Kafaro podcast or Kafaro cast, that's Aaron Snyder. Also, another expert in subject matter. When it comes to hunting, you can't ask about anything better than that because that guy knows everything. Whether you want to be in the backwoods for 10 days or something like that, he is an expert. So people like that, they have the pedigree. They have the credentials for this. Somebody who just decides, I'm going to make a video so I can put out as much clickbait as possible and make money on YouTube? Yeah. What do you think they're going to give you? Chances are they don't know anything about what they're talking about. And they're picking little bits and pieces from, that they see from other videos for ideas and putting it out there, twisting it up unbelievably. And it's crazy. And if you follow some of that information, you're going to hurt yourself. I hate to say it any other way than that. In one of the first intros I, I did in my podcast, I actually talked about a guy a long time ago who put out a video who said, hey, if you need to change the string and cables for, for your bow, it's crazy easy. Draw your bow back, have somebody stick a screwdriver in the cam, let down, and you can do that. And you see this person, I can use many other expletives, but I'll call him a person, doing all this on, on there. And I'm like, how many people are going to get themselves seriously hurt by trying to follow your idiotic instructions? At the time when he made the video, some cams are really, really hard. As somebody who runs a shop, I've seen a lot of people come into me and um, something looks a little odd about their cams, looks a little crooked, that sort of thing. And on two occasions, I said, let me ask you something. Did you do something stupid? And when I say stupid, I don't mean that they intentionally did it. I mean that they saw this, they oh, it's a great idea. And then they just tried it. But I say, listen. Tell me what's really going on. Because if this is a manufacturer defect, which I highly doubt, we'll submit it to them. But if it's not, and something you did, sure, I can get it replaced by the manufacturer. But if you do it again, they ain't going to touch it. 
So for the first time, let's just get this straight. And they come out and say, well, yeah, I stuck a screwdriver in there and held back the cam. Well, guess what? The cam was thinner and warped or bent. End of the story. Two shots later, they derailed the boat. That's the good side of what can happen. The ugly side is when something blows up and someone's seriously injured, which we don't want. And this guy was putting out that video and it was on YouTube for years. I think it's still on there. And many people probably blew up their bows doing that. I don't think he's any he's in business any longer. I would hope he's not putting out that kind of nonsense because I looked at some of his other videos at the time. This is going back about eight, nine years. And um, yeah, some of his stuff was out of this world that he would say there. And if I could reach through the through the computer and slap him, I would. But that's an example of what can happen when people just throw whatever they want out there. People are subjected to this. They look at it and they take it instead of with a grain of salt or saying, let me look into this further before I do something stupid, and they just go for it. And that's a problem. Another example of this is people who want to become, oh, how can I say this nicely? They want to become insta-famous, okay? Years ago, if you were popular in the outdoor industry, it's because you were published in magazines, which was our only, only means of communication back then, or going to trade shows. So you had guys like Chuck Adams. Chuck Adams is one of the best hunters on the planet. Okay? That guy was known by everybody. He walked into an archery shop or he walked into a sporting goods store. Everyone knew who he was. And this is prior to YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. So he got there by word of mouth. He got there by being published. He got there as a fact. He got there as verified expert. Well... Fast forward to 2020, and I say this is going on for the last five or six years. Suddenly, everybody has a YouTube channel. Everybody has a podcast. And to listen to some of the things that they say, some of the things that they do, I have to do it when I'm not around sharp objects because I will break something. I will do some bad stuff to myself or to objects around me. Because some of the stuff that they say and do is so stupid and so dangerous, flat out wrong. I don't understand how anyone can buy into it. But when I think of it from some from the perspective of someone who may be new to the sport, they don't really know any better. So, of course, they're going to buy into it. And that's where the danger comes in. So if somebody is insta-famous... They're trying to gather as much attention to them as possible. Now they become what they call influencers. And don't even get me started on that. But since we're on the subject, I one of the videos that I saw today, and I don't like to target anyone in particular by name. But in this case, I, I saw one channel. And this girl's got videos going back a couple of years, maybe two years, something like that. That's when she got started in this. And I'm not going to mention her by name. I was going to, and I'm like, let me not, because I think I can use her example as more of a generalized what you should look out for instead of just pointing something directly at someone. But, like I said, 
she has started posting quarantine videos, like what she's doing during quarantine. And when I went back and I looked through some of her videos, I'm like, okay. Up until about a year ago, she was never posting anything about archery. I mean, anything, nothing. And then she started posting videos about how to shoot and, you know, good form and all that. Yeah. She doesn't have the first clue what good form is. I've never seen anyone punch a trigger so bad in my life. And she has a pretty big following on YouTube. This annoys me. Not because she has the following, but more because of the danger she's putting people in from listening to her nonsense. That being said, there is nothing wrong with putting out information. However, I never heard it put better than what Aaron Snyder said on a podcast once. And I think he was on there with Archery Hooligan or something like that from Facebook. And they said they don't care. And they actually were talking about this particular person. They said, you know, if you want to put something out there, it's fine about stuff you actually know. But the term they used was stay in your lane. So if you're not an expert on it, don't try to make out like you are. And this person is one of these people who wants to be insta-famous, and this is how they're building their following, and they're getting a lot of gullible people to listen to them, and then they're taking their, what they say as gospel, when it is nowhere near being that. And that's the problem. So if you're a new new shooter, and you're looking out there like, let me find out the best way to, to shoot this release. Okay. You run into a John Dudley video, you're good to go. You run into this girl's video, which she just popped up a couple of days ago. I'm telling you, you're doomed. Just seeing the way that she shot this release that she had. First of all, she didn't even know what to call it. Okay. It was a Scott release that's been around for a lot of years. It's like a $50 release you can find on Amazon or something like that. But she even know how to describe the handle on this thing. And on top of everything else, and at least in the video, she says, oh, I just realized that I was holding it the wrong way. Yeah, okay. If you go by example and someone didn't see the latter half of the video, they probably have that release fly out of their hand and bounce off the bow and probably hurt themselves. So when you don't even know that a release is called a concho or something like that for the handle type, you have no business talking about that release or how to use it. And this is what I'm talking about. So the legions of Insta Famous out there, the legions of people just creating clickbait so you can read their, you know, look at their videos, they can get views. And remember, these people that you're, you know, subscribing to on YouTube, every time they get a view, depending on how many viewers they have and how many views they get, they're getting paid for it. So basically, you're paying for misinformation. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like wasting my money. You're not paying for it. YouTube is paying them. Well, I can't see someone getting getting rich or famous off of creating things that are potentially dangerous to other people. So that's what I'm talking about with this. YouTube is a great place for information if it comes from the right people, but there's so many people putting things out there that are completely wrong. It's ridiculous. So, like I said, if you're looking for a 
a good source of stuff. Go to the industry experts. Go to John Dudley. If you want to know everything and anything there is to be to, about arrows and arrow building, you know, Goldtip and Tim Gillingham, they, they have basically how to build stuff. And one of the things, like, I'll give you a simple example. One of the things that Tim Gillingham, who is a pro shooter expert, one of the things he says is, you know, and I've seen maybe two people ever mention this on a video on YouTube because it's just not cool to say stuff like this. Um, he's making an arrow and he's about to heat up the, the glue to put the point in. And he says, well, if you can't hold it with your hand, it's too hot for the carbon arrow and it's going to damage it, which is absolutely true. But yet I can point out 200 videos out there that show the guy holding the, the tip with a pair of pliers so he doesn't burn himself, putting the glue on. Now this thing is red hot, sticking into the shaft and calling it a day saying it's good. If you all ever wonder why your shafts break, potentially explode, that's why. And another genius that I saw going, going ahead and he's doing that and thinking that he's watching forged, on, forged in Fire or something like that and then quenching it in cold water. Are you kidding me? That creates a brittle arrow. You don't want to do that. But again... This is what I'm talking about. So, I guess the whole thing is you have to you take everything that you see with a grain of salt. A lot of people ask me why I haven't put together a YouTube channel. I mean, now, this whole digital age and stuff like that, I'm kind of being very cautious about how I do stuff. I started the podcast because my students were asking me to do that so they have something to listen to and they can get some basic instruction when they're on the road. I have students from, from different parts of the country or when they're flying or something like that, they can listen to it offline. And that's fine. And they've asked me to do YouTube videos. And I create separate videos for them. Like if they want to know how to build an arrow, I have a video on how to build an arrow. And from A to Z on there, do I have it on a public YouTube? No. Why? For one reason or another, there's always going to be people who are going to say, you're doing this wrong. Well, okay, that's your opinion. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who can say from listening to this, like, well, how do you know they're doing it wrong? Okay, I've got the credentials to back it up, to tell you that I've been doing this for 30 years. I know how to build an arrow. I've seen the catastrophes that can happen when you take a shortcut. When it comes to coaching, I took the time to get certified as a USA archery coach, not because I need to teach the method that they teach, but because it gives certain people the, I guess it kind of settles them knowing that I took the time to get background check cleared, to get some instruction as to a formal method on how to not to, to hurt a student in training, some physical instruction for how to physically coach someone so they don't hurt themselves, that sort of thing. So... Credentials, I got. Again, credentials is just a piece of paper. Experience, I have. And the best way to verify that is talk to anybody who I've ever worked with and they'll tell you, yeah, this is what, what we were doing. This is how he fixed it. So the one thing I'll say is with YouTube, yeah, 
you can't question these people sometimes. Like, a lot of them will lock the comments out of their videos. Yeah. Ever wonder why? That's why. They don't want to answer questions about it because they'll be like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. And if they answer it wrong, they're going to get attacked like you have no idea. So, you don't have the opportunity to ask them, why this? Why that? And then the ones who do leave their their videos unlocked so you can ask questions and then they supposedly answer you back and that sort of thing. You can get an idea they know what they're talking about from that, but not really. I mean, unless you're with somebody, you can't really tell. But actually, in the, posting comments to a couple of those videos and asking a question, I could tell when they either have no idea what they, what I'm talking about or what they're talking about, for lack of a better word, or when they do answer me, they answer me with the dumbest thing. I say something back to them, and then suddenly I'm blocked. Kind of speaks volumes about what they're really into and what they're all about. Going back to the young lady who had that channel, I actually asked her a question on there. Hey, guess what happened? My comment was deleted and I was blocked. And that all had to do, believe it or not, with why are you field dressing without gloves on. So you see, it has nothing to do with just archery subjects, like even for the hunting stuff, which she claims to be an expert on, really. Um, Basic 101, when we teach the hunter safety class, wear gloves. There are bloodborne diseases in a lot of animals, and you don't know if they have them, so why take the chance? Wear gloves at all times to handle them when you're field dressing. It doesn't mean you have to wear a hazmat suit, but take a general precaution. Yeah, no. She blocked me for asking about that. Then in a video she makes about pig hunting, she says, oh, I, I guess she thought I was going to go after her on that one again. She says, oh, I... Because uh, that's what occurred to me. I had seen her like a year ago. Um, on one of her videos and asked that. I didn't put two and two together. It was the same person. Yeah, it sure is. But uh, on one of her latest videos, she says, oh, I forgot to wear my gloves. How bad of me. Going forward, you should always wear gloves. At least you try to catch her tail on that one, but no. Again, these people are not experts. And they're leaving out critical information. So you have to be careful. So with all this being said, like I said, everyone has lots of time, time on their hands right now. You're at home, nothing better to do. You're going online. You're becoming very impressionable is the word I like to use for it. So the false SMEs or false subject matter experts, people who have no clue, are out there putting out dangerous stuff, putting out incorrect stuff. To put it in the simplest terms, would you go to a doctor who you couldn't even verify was a doctor? Seriously? You wouldn't. Why should this be any different? The other thing you're going to have out there is product advertisement. Okay? I have a couple of my customers, love them to death. But when the newfangled thing comes out, they're like, oh my God, this is the best thing. I'm like, what makes you think that? Well, this guy showed me this and this guy and on online and this guy, I'm like, yeah, okay. 
And like I said, this podcast, we have sections to do with hunting and archery, others that have to do strictly with target archery. But in the hunting world, the latest craze is when I'm testing a broadhead, I need to shoot through a plate of steel, uh, a cinder block, uh, sheet, you know, sheet metal, uh, plywood, whatever, to see if that broadhead is working. And there are so many new broadheads that come out that are gimmicked. And I'm like, I tried to talk them off the ledge. They're like, I, I got to order these and I want to order these right now. I'm like, okay, don't. Let's look at what you're looking at. And I wind up having to explain to them, here's what this is and have you thought about this? But it shoots through a sheet metal, it shoots through an iron drum, a steel drum. Okay, if you're shooting at steel drums in the woods, more power to you. Go ahead and order that broadhead. Last I checked, deer and other deer, bear, elk, antelope are not walking around with armor suits. They're just not. So why do you care if a broadhead can go through an inch of steel? Really? When it comes to broadheads, I tell them, be concerned with sharpness, durability, the ability to be reused, and functionality. Does it meet all those? Then I say you're fine. But like I said, there's a million and one new things that come out, and everybody's an expert, and everything's a new thing. Um, Another thing that you're going to see lately is let me show you how to do this with, with this bow press. Again, if the same thing were to happen with how to work on your own car, and, you know, I haven't seen it get to that level with cars yet, there'd be people blowing their engines up. But in archery, it's like, everyone has a bow press. This is how you do work on your own bow. I can count, well, I can't even count on, on two hands, how many times in the last year and a half, I'd say it's probably 20 different incidents of people rolling into my shop and saying, I have a problem. And I look at their bow and I'm like, dude, who put this back together? Well, no, I, I went and I bought a bow press and I was fixing this and now this doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, that would probably be because your control cable is wrapped backwards around the cam. Or they bring a bow to me where they they pressed it and forgot to take out the limb stops. And when they, well, they pressed it, they took out the limb stops to press it, forgot to put them back in because the genius that they were watching online do this never showed when they put them back in. They drew the bow, the bow locked up, and now all of a sudden they got a ticking time bomb that is locked at full draw and ready to pop at any moment. And they tiptoe here with their bow Don't ask me how they did it, and honestly, I don't want to know. One guy came in with, like, ratchet straps around his bow because he was afraid it was going to explode on him Um, because he did exactly that. He drew it back and forgot to put in the draw stops. And they want me to help them out, and I'm not going to say no to them. I will rescue them from the situation if I can. But again... This is not the best place to learn 
how to do that. YouTube is not the place. And if you see a guy says, well, I'm adding a, another six, six twists worth of lean onto my camp to get the bow flying right, the arrow flying right. I'm like, did you look at his cam? His cam looks like it could be, you know, a right angle off a, you know, 45 degree angle. Are you kidding me? So, again, it's exposure to things and you have no way of verifying what they're doing. I will say this. There's a lot of things you can learn how to do on YouTube, okay, that are safe to do. In archery, there are very few besides learning how to tie, you know, how to back serve and stuff like that. Yeah, working on a bow press, in one of them. I don't mean to sound arrogant by saying that. I'm just saying, working on a bow press, not the thing to learn how to do on YouTube. There's a lot of things that they leave out because they assume you know, or they themselves don't know. Like, can you press a 2016 and newer Hoyt bow with past parallel limbs on a last chance press? Not without adapters, you can't. And if you do, and the bow pops out while you're working on it, what then? Bad things will happen. So, again, it's one of those things where people don't realize what they're getting themselves into. Or, I learned this great technique on how to do this, and then, oh boy, something goes really, really wrong. One of my other podcasts, I mentioned people who tinker. YouTube is the result of people who want to tinker learning from someone who has no idea in the first place on how to properly teach someone to work on a bow. So people are going to say to me automatically, well, if I can't learn how to do this on YouTube, you're saying that only you should be able to work on the bows because only you have a shop. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you should probably sign up for a course where you learn how to work on the stuff. If you're out West... PSE has a coach, Alexander Kirilov, probably one of the best coaches you're ever going to talk to. Um, and even me as a coach, I went to take his his class so I could see how another coach does it. And he's really, really great. And as always, you're always learning. And he teaches bow tuning, proper bow tuning, how to use a press. During the class, you, you have to rebuild both a twin cam and a solo cam bow right there on a last chance press. That's hands-on instruction. If you're at, Like I said, if you're in that area by Tucson and Arizona and in the California area, you can drive over there, schedule it, you know, take the course. I think he offers it maybe once a month. For bow shops, PSE has, you know, their bow tuning and dealer bow shop setups that they do. And that's like a week long. But that's only open to dealers. But Alexander's class is open to anyone. He doesn't care if you're a pro shooter, a shooter at all. If you want to learn how to work on a bow, it's a whole day of a class you go there for. And it's inexpensive. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. There are other places that have bow schools, as I call them, and each one has a give and take to it, but at least it's hands-on instruction. At High Power Archery, which you can visit us at www.highpowerarchery.com, once this whole 
COVID-19 thing is over. And trust me, people, it will be over eventually. Whether we're talking about 30 days from, from now or two months from now, whenever it is, it'll be over. When that happens, what we're going to do is we're going to offer a seminar to learn how to use a bow press and basic bow tuning and bow work. What's in the bow tuning? Well, hands-on, how do I use a press? Where should I use a press? How should I use, a, what bows does a certain press work for? What bows does it not? Do I need adapters? That sort of thing. And the students will have their opportunities to work on a press. I have a couple different presses here that I'll have them use. And they can see what you can do, what the limitations are, and what to do in different cases. Plus, I'll also teach them how to serve. Don't get me started on serving, because I've seen some bad serving videos out there that are just horrendous. And by the time someone's done, it looks like Spider-Man wound a web around their peep site. So I don't even want to go there. But serving how to use a press, the basic steps to a bow tune, and not to let any great secrets out. It all starts with center shot, and I don't know how many times I gotta say that, but if your center shot is not exactly correct, and you're trying to shoot through paper, yeah, bullet hole through paper, my center shot is off by about three quarters of an inch. Oh, but I got my bullet hole at five feet. Okay, let me see what happens to that thing out at 30 yards. Won't even be on the map. So that's the kind of thing that we're going to teach to do this. Um, there'll be more information about that on the website in the weeks to come. It's going to be pretty slow, pretty small. Um, we'll probably only have it limited to three or four students at a time. There will also, and that's going to be a paid one that we'll have, and We'll put all the info out there on how much that course is going to cost because it's a full day course. And then we're going to have another one that's a free course and it's only like two hours, something like that, to give people a basic idea on serving and go over some basics on a press, that sort of thing. So it's not as in-depth, but like all the other courses we offer, it is a free version of that course. I don't do it online because there's no point to doing it online because, like I said, if you can't be hands-on, it doesn't make any sense. So, again, you're learning all these things online. Yeah, be careful. You can really hurt yourself. The, the scariest thing I ever hear from somebody is, oh, I'm going to go out and buy me a bow press today. That's great that you're financially able to afford a bow press, which, for the most part, they can cost you six or $700 for a proper setup. It's the old saying, I can buy an Indy car, but I'm not going to win an Indy race because I don't know how to drive it. You could have all the great equipment in the world, not know how to use it, and it's useless to you. That's what we don't want to see. So, again, the guys who are bow tuning out there, and I'm starting to see, this is the really scary one, more and more people were showing how to build strings and cable sets out there. It's great for everyone to know how to build a string for a bow. I have no disagreements with that. Learn properly to do it. So, like if you go to Baker Archery Products, they have a couple of videos on there on how to do it. 
These are experts and they're showing you step by step how to do it. Specialty Archery has videos you can order that show you how to do this. That's, you know, how you can do it. I always prefer to show somebody how to do it in person. People come to me, I install new string sets all the time. Um, I have a, a couple of builders that I use, but they'll always ask me, like, do you build your own strings? I'm like, yes, I build strings. So why don't you just make them, you know, make up a set like, I only do that if I have no other choice. Like right now, the COVID-19 thing. My guy that I use to build the strings, chances are both of them can't build anything now because their shops are considered non-essential businesses and they don't allow any people in there. So production stopped. Can I build my own strings here in my shop? Yeah, because... Up until a couple of years ago, I was building all of my own sets. Always. The problem is, it takes a lot of time to do it properly. There's a lot of meticulous things you have to do if you want, if you want an end, end product that is perfect up to my standards. So, I'll give you an example. When I used to build my own bowstrings for myself, I'm just speaking about for myself... I stretched them to about 400, 450 pounds. The standard is 300. I used to leave them stretching for mm, 12 hours, 14 hours, you know, on there. Then I check them again. So from start to finish, the build process for me, starting building the string, letting it stretch, rechecking to the point where it was ready to go on a bow, it might have been 16, 18 hours. Okay, that's building to my standard. What you see in the videos online is good, solid instruction coming from Baker Archery products, coming from, from Specialty Archery. The thing you don't see in the other videos that are out there from all these supposed experts, one guy in Wisconsin, which... Yeah, whatever. I'm not even gonna mention his channel. Gives him, you know, pu unneeded publicity because. And the thing is, a lot of people are well intentioned, but they leave out so many things. But according to this guy, you can get it done in a couple hours, like two or three hours. You got a string set built. Yeah, tell me how many shortcuts are in there, or how many things you left out. Like I can tell you one thing in one of his videos, and I don't want to sound like I'm nitpicking everybody, but I am. One of the things in his videos is he shows you making the loop, okay? He's making the end loops, and he's serving them, and he's, yeah. Just in the part where he, like, focuses in on when he's serving the end loops, I see, like, four or five things blatantly wrong. Like, he doesn't serve it in the right direction is one. That's a whole other subject. And the other thing is he doesn't measure the size of the loop, well, you might say, what does it matter? Loop's a loop. Yeah, no, it's not. The connection points on a cam where it connects to the string, that little button that you're going to hook your string on, varies from cam to cam. And there's a special way to measure that. There are measuring tools for that. And if done improperly, and you make a loop that is too big, it can pop off the cam, 
resulting in disaster. That sort of thing. So, you know, we're, we're, we're on a dangerous precipice here where people are leaving out details, probably because they don't even know them themselves and they're just copying their string, but they're not mentioning it. Because if you were to tell this guy, hey, build, build one for, for this bow, he probably would have no clue. And that's an issue. The other thing is, let's just say you're building out a string. How many strands you can use? Well, I can use 18 strands or I can use 20 strands. The manufacturers, when they build a bow, getting it ready for market, they do tons of testing. And they figure out what's the best number of strands to use based on the material. Yes, people, there are many different types of material you can use. And they all have varying thicknesses. And if you want me to confuse you even more, building strings, believe it or not, whatever color you're making, the thickness is going to be different based on the dye. Yes, dye comes in different thicknesses. So you don't know what you're making. Plus, if you if you have access to the industry, there are charts to show this material, this many strands, this is how you're using it. This is how far the end loops have to have to go. I can build a string based on that without ever seeing an original set of strings. And it's relatively easy. So that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. So again, beware. There's a lot of people out there got no business doing that, and they're doing it anyway on YouTube. Lastly, I'm going to mention forums. And I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Perhaps the only thing more dangerous than YouTube is an archery forum. Why? Again, people are wicked behind the keyboard. And they can be nasty. They can be insulting. They can be mean. And again, they can post whatever they want with no one there to say, you don't know what you're talking about, and they have no qualifications they need to present. I'm going to mention the word here. I don't like mentioning places directly, but I'm just going to come out and say it. Archery talk to a new person is full of all kinds of information, 90% of which is no good or flat-out dangerous. So if you go onto the Archery Talk forum, you're going to find misinformation. Four or five people will actually know what they're talking about. And then you'll find that they stay in little groups and they're the only ones talking within a group. If you're an actual beginner and you post a question on there, don't be surprised if someone tries to bite your head off because they think that, why would you ever ask something so stupid and so juvenile? It's, you should know these sort of things already. Yeah. That's the kind of place it is. Yet people swear up and down. I read this on Archery, Archery Talk. It must be gospel. No way. Avoid that place like the plague. You'll find that a lot of pros, I shoot pro, a ton of well-known pros, avoid that place like the plague. Why? We were all on there years ago. And then you see what it devolved into. So if you want to get at misinformation and you want to get yelled at and screamed at for just asking a simple question, that's the place to go. Again, online, media, behind a keyboard. We, we used to have, um, 
you know, when, when I managed the forum before, we used to have a rule, it's called PCAP. PC equals a person. So you had to treat everyone on the forum with some respect. No yelling, no screaming, no even like typing in caps in somebody's response. That all be considered bad. And you can be banned from a forum. They've since dropped all those things. They don't care. On that particular form, I don't even think they ever had them. But this is the thing. So, the last thing I'm going to say is this. As an adult, if you have access to all this sort of stuff, and you're seeing it, maybe you have a little bit better judgment, you can figure it out for yourself. If by some reason, you know, your kids shoot, that sort of thing, and you let them be getting access to it, be careful. You know what I mean? They see this on, on YouTube, they're not going to go ahead and do anything crazy. But it's also a really bad way to let someone get exposed to something. And it's, it's just horrible. You know I mean, they might get turned off to the sport. I see a lot of people, they go to, they go to a place, they try to learn how to shoot. The, the people who are doing the instruction just don't care. Their first experience is bad. And they never try the sport again. Same way, they go onto these forums to try to ask legitimate questions, and all of a sudden, they get scared off. They get yelled at. And kids are very impressionable. You, you know, we, we have a shrinking sport as it is. You don't want that sort of thing to be the deterrent to them going forward. So just keep them off of there. I mean, there are restrictions you can put in place for, for YouTube and that sort of thing when you're on there on your computer. And I highly suggest using them because not for nothing, it would keep you away from a lot of stuff. There's stuff on YouTube that's so bad that they have, like, must be logged in as an adult. There's a reason for it. Some of the stuff they show is very graphic and violent. There's a lot of bad things on there. So, again, protect yourself. Protect your kids. Be careful what you're watching on there. You know, if ever you have a a question about something and you want to know, hey, I saw this, is this real or is this true, when it comes to archery, drop me an email, send me a message. Go to the archery, go, go to highpowerarchery.com. You'll see a contact form in there. You can either send me, and you can use that to contact me. You can send me an email at highpowerarchery at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer your question. No matter how off the wall it may sound. Believe me, I've heard it all. And if I haven't heard of something before, I'll be like, oh, okay. And the one thing that we're not going to do is, every single thing you ask us, we're not going to say, oh, no. Yeah, we've heard of that before. If there's something we've never heard of before, we'll look into it for you. We'll find out. So again, uh, that's all for this podcast. In the meantime, stay safe, shoot straight, um, and we'll see you the next time. Thanks for listening.